0: Hello and welcome to Backyard Catch. This is Nick Roby once again. Welcome to our college football playoff committee um, podcast where I have three of our guys on here to talk about it. We have our friend Hank, Chad, and Will ready to talk some college football. How's it going, guys?
1: Going well. How about you, Nick?
0: It's good. Enjoying a little game week. Chad, how are you feeling about your Buckeyes? Doing
2: great, you know, uh as far as I know, we're all
0: healthy. And uh, hey, that's what matters, right? 2020. <laughs> all healthy, yes, yes. We got our good friend Hank here too. Hank, how was your uh have a good Christmas and you're ready to go? Oh yeah, ready to go. Let's do it. Um so these three gentlemen um have graciously joined in on being contributors with me for the website. Um, so be in tune with that coming up into this new year. But we have some, we've talked about some fun, different things, but they've all joined in with this. And we just thought it'd be fun to get all four of us all at the same time and have a little panel to talk a little college football, which is really fun. And also what's fun too about this is that we each have uh, different fan bases that we cheer for and have different perspectives. when that comes from this, which is, I really like. Um, what also makes this fun is that, I'm, as you've heard, I'm a big Clemson fan. And then Chad and Hank are both Ohio State fans. So it's going to be an interesting conversation when it comes to the, to the playoff. And then we got our, our boy, Will, over here with the um, Gamecocks. Yes, Will.
1: I, I will be the balancing factor in all of this. So whenever we go too too red or too orange, I'll kind of bring it back to the middle.
0: Yeah, that's good. Nothing nothing like your um in-state rival to to bring things back to the middle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: well, and really, too, you know, I'm actually would be the balancing factor also between Nick and Hank, being that I, as an Ohio State guy, am married to a tiger, so
0: it is it, it is pretty here it is true, and I'm married to a gamecock, so it's all it all comes back to the middle, doesn't it
3: and i'm and I'm not married, so there we go, you know <laughs> ladies,
0: <laughs> yeah. Hank, coming from the top rim. Um, cool. I love it. So we can get started. I'm talking about through these different playoff matchups. So I'm sure that y'all are, are somewhat aware of what's happening with this. We've had a crazy 2020 year. where We didn't even know we we're going to have college football at all. And here we are. Uh, it is uh, Monday, December 28th after Christmas. And we have two semifinals after playing a college football season. So – At some point, if you were going to talk to us back in maybe April or May, we didn't know if this was going to happen. So the fact we even can like talk about this is pretty cool. Um, So we've got number one, Alabama, playing number four, who's the SEC champion, playing number four, Notre Dame. And they're playing in the Rose Bowl, which got moved from California to Texas based on COVID reasons and not having people be able to to attend. And then we have Clemson, Ohio State in the rematch. They're playing in the Sugar Bowl this year. So, fellas, the number one question is, before we get into the matchups, do you think the committee got it right? Are these the four teams? Hank, you're shaking your head. Who who do you think the four teams should have been?
3: No. So, top three is definitely right. I think, without a doubt, it should be the SEC champion, the ACC champion, the Big Ten champion in Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and in that order. But then Notre Dame – I feel like they had their chance to prove themselves against a playoff team in the ACC championship, and it would be one thing if it was, like, a close game, but they did not stand a chance from the start. And so you have just a Notre Dame team that just got blown out by Clemson, who's the number two team. I'm sure the same thing will happen with Bama. And so I would have liked to see either – um, either Texas A&M get the chance, but the thing with them is they've also got a big loss to Bama. And so also kind of have had a chance against a playoff team to prove themselves and did not. Um, And so I probably would have liked to see Cincinnati in there being an unbeaten team, the best of the group of five teams, um, like based on the committee and I, and they're unproven against like that kind of group of talent, um, that elite talent. And so we will never really know um, if they could compete with the Bama's Clemson's Ohio States um, in that playoff um, pool. Whereas we do have, we have seen what Notre Dame and Texas A&M have done and they lost by a lot um, to Bama and Clemson respectively. So
0: well um thoughts? didn't
1: you don't you have our rankings for who we have for the top six
0: i do and i can list them out if y'all want to see that um and also yeah, do
1: that so we can see if any of us thought that the top four were correct
0: yeah there is there are some interesting um top fours and this has also been before um these, some of these bowl games have been played. So I will put that out there. And um, you can look and stay tuned with the website. Um, we'll have our official uh, top four teams uh, article on there up soon. Um, but for Will, your top four was Alabama, Clemson, Texas A&M, Notre Dame, with Ohio State and then Cincinnati as the, as the first two out. Hank had who he said, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Cincinnati, with A&M as five and Notre Dame was six. Chad um, at Ohio State one, Alabama two, Cincinnati three, Coastal four, San Jose State five, Indiana six. And then I had Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three, Ohio State four, Cincinnati five, A&M six. So that's- I'm not going to lie.
2: I actually do not remember the fact that I put Ohio State number one Um, I think I probably laughed as I did that and submitted it. And if we're being totally honest, it probably was just to uh, counteract Will uh, because I knew Will had dropped us pretty far. I
3: I like I like that. That's what you're defending rather than San Jose State being number five (laughs) or coastal
1: number four. I, I, mean, I, I, like, I could see that. that logic, I would have loved
2: had Coastal made the playoff, man. <laughs> some of that logic is just following in, you know, in, in, in Davos' quote, right? You know, like yeah, Ohio State number one.
0: So, yeah, it was, I, I definitely feel like it was pretty shortly after we were hearing that uh, Ohio State had ranked, uh, had ranked Ohio State 11. So it felt like a rebuttal there, but I did, I did do some chuckling with Chad's. I loved your, but you've been pretty consistent, I would say, in how you've been ranking people. I tried to be.
2: Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, it was a week what I was doing, so I tried to make sure I was really consistent in uh, in that and so. how you
0: thought about teams. So um, I would say, other than Chad having Ohio State one, Alabama was one for all of us, and you had Alabama two, so that seemed like a pretty fair consensus. Number one, um, both Chad and Hank had Cincinnati in there, and I was very I was like debating on them. Um, And then Will and I both had Notre Dame in there. And then the one, and that was the one, and then you had A&M in there as well, Will. So those are pretty much the the similar teams as to what people were kind of thinking through, just kind of the order. Um, So, I mean, what, do we think that Cincinnati did enough this year to make the playoff? Or do we need more teams for a team like a Cincinnati to make? Will, what's your thought?
1: I think that the playoff in its the format it is now, a non-Power 5 team is never going to make it. It's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. The only way to get a non-Power 5 in would be to go to an 8-team, 6-team mm-hmm. at a minimum. But I don't think they'll do buys. So an eighteen playoff. playoff. Um, once Notre Dame goes back independent, of course they can get in. Uh, but I think other than them, it's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um Hank, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah, I, I would agree, uh, for the most part, I think there could be a scenario where um a non-power five school does make it, but I think the way that would have to happen is like taking a look back um probably I mean over a decade ago now at like Boise State, uh when they had like Kellen Moore at quarterback. I mean they were they were a powerhouse team for multiple years and really ha- established themselves early on. I don't think just a single season like we've seen at a Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati like a team coming out of nowhere. I don't think they have a team to, chance to make the playoff. But like let's say uh, UCF had continued to be good this year or so. Um, I think a team like that that has established themselves as a consistently good team in that group of five schools, um, I think they could have a chance. But um, teams like Cincinnati, Coastal, San Jose State, who are unranked at the start of the year but then go undefeated, I I don't think they have that built-up credibility, um, which is what the committee needs um, to enter them in. But I do think that this year Cincinnati has made enough of a statement um, in order to make the playoff. I mean, they've played teams like SMU Memphis I have their schedule put up right now, UCF Tulsa um, army. I mean teams that are obviously would not be as probably highly touted if they were in a, power five conference, but it's not like they're playing just cakewalk teams weekend and wake out. Um, Mm -hmm. They're playing some actual opponents and a lot of who could um, participate at at the power five level. I think.
0: Yeah. Very fair. Chad, what do you think you had them number three in your playoff?
2: Yeah, I think um, I I honestly, I kind of agree with, with both Will and Hank in that um, it's going to be really difficult in the current format for a group of five team, even as one is as good as I think Cincinnati is this year. I think they're very well coached. I think they have a really uh, high level of talent for one of those teams. And, um, and, and for the most part, they really, they dispatch teams on their schedule uh, pretty well. Um, And so the, the tough thing for me is uh, I want to say, yes, they deserve it. Uh, But also this is, this year is, is, is unfortunately probably proving, um, against my better hope that expansion of the playoff um, is not necessary may not be something that's on the table because if you really look at it um, you know, the, the top four teams out, you know, number five through eight in the real rankings, we could find warts on all of them. Um, and, and, you know, we've found big warts on Notre Dame and, and, and honestly, certainly you could make an argument against Ohio state being in the playoff too. And so I think it's a, it's it's tough um, to have three teams that are um, I think fairly consensusly head and shoulders above, but even then, everyone goes like, well, they're not right, like they're not last year's teams, like Ohio State and Clemson are not last year's Ohio State and Clemson, uh, and so um, yeah, like I want to say, yeah, say deserved it. Um, I don't think Notre Dame deserves to be in there, but also I don't really know who I would put in there. Uh, because I think even Cincinnati, they'd put up a fight, and they would still get run off the field by Alabama.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the hard thing about this. With four, is that I would love to see a Cincinnati in there, like a group of five. But the hard part is, is you have to see them play the competition to know that they're gonna that they can play. And so it's a conversation of like they're they're asking who's deserving or who like should get a shot but then the hard part is you're right. Like, I mean, it's based on the year we have some years where you could argue there's five teams that could qualify. And then there's other years where you're like, really there's two and we're trying to fill the last two spots. But I do think we're moving to eight just because there's, we have, you know, we have four spots for five power conferences and eventually you're going to have some other people not really interested. Um, We're already having opt outs from like a team like North Carolina, who's going to the orange bowl arguably the biggest bowl game in their history. And they're having some of their best players opt out and it's not a playoff game. So college football like has to do some things to like keep people interested and not just these same few teams. Um, and, and as a fan of one of those teams, I'm having a fun time, but like it, it doesn't create the drama or the buildup for these other teams to come in and play. Um I did make an 18 playoff, what it would be. Um, I can say that for later or share it now. Um, Just kind of playing that out. But I do kind of think that that's where I can see that's where we're heading. Like a six or 18 playoff, just to include everybody. Even if we get the same results, I think people, there'd be less to argue with that many teams, but there's always me as team on the outside end Cause you look at a and M yes, they only lost once, but then they got blown out by Alabama. And I would argue – and you could also see that many of their teams that they played had losing records. So it's well, I think hard. I think yeah. y-
3: you, you saying, Nick, that like, even if it might play out the same way, I don't think it necessarily would play out the same way. Um, I see a team um, like Oklahoma, for example. Um, they have been one of the hottest teams in the country lately – Um, And I think could play at, I think they could be the fourth best team in the country right now, but two early losses just takes them out of playoff contention. Um, Even though they may be playing like, like one of the top four teams at at this moment, they're not going to get in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so moving to an eight team, even a six team um, where two teams would have a buy, um, I think Oklahoma is a team that like, okay, struggle early on, especially in college football where players just cycle in and out uh, mm-hmm. year after year. Um, it can be hard for some teams to get that, get that footing at the start of the year. Um, and by the end of the year when they picked up momentum, it's like they're mm-hmm. already shut out uh, because of those early blemishes on their record.
1: That's what I think that makes a, a great transition to a six or eight team where you have conference champions from the power five automatically get bids. Mm -hmm. So you can have a team, like Hank said, like Oklahoma who have been playing, they they pretty much have been like a top four or five team Mm -hmm. over the last month or so. Um, but have them have a chance to, to get in because like Hank said, two early losses and you're done, especially in the season where a team like Ohio state only plays six games. Um, if they were to lose one or two, then they'd be done for sure. Yeah. So two losses, you're not you're not going to stand a chance at
0: this format. Yeah, I think that's very fair. And I think the the question that becomes, if you want to include that, you have to also be like, okay, like we could have a national champion who has two losses, three losses on their thing, and being like, well, if that's the format, then that like we're saying that's the true champion, you know. Um, but I think that's very yeah. fair. And
1: so, with the NFL too, like the Giants back in the day, they barely made it in as the last wild card team. They were like nine and seven in the regular season and won a championship. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it comes down to the best team versus the hottest team. Are you fine with that? I mean, really, I, I really just want to see the best games possible.
0: Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I want the same. That's kind of where I, I, want, I want the best teams in the finals. And however we get there, and that is the most clear for teams knowing how to get there. I think that was the hard part with this year is you didn't there wasn't as many clear qualifications, because they were trying to leave it open. But it just feels like it changes slightly every year. Um, but just to to say like what an eight playoff could be if you pick those champions, um, obviously you'd have Bama, uh, Clemson, Ohio State as those three champions, Oklahoma. You would technically have Oregon. I'm just using what was based off of this year, even though they're four and two or something like that um and had to get COVID to get in and then you take the group of five champion like the best record with their champion uh and i was saying that's cincinnati and then the two at large bids i just took the two highest next ranked teams just whoever who hadn't qualified and that was notre dame and a and m and then if i took those top eight and just based them on the rankings as the playoff committee ranked them you could just make it as simple as that you could have it'd be alabama clemson Ohio State, Notre Dame, AM, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Oregon, and then if you made those matchups, and I, my thought is, if you did an eight team playoff, you could do the first round at the home field of the higher ranked team, just to reward the regular season, and it just builds it up versus having to go through all these different bowl games. So if football that was the in case, the
2: cold is the hmm. best football in the snow and the cold is the best.
0: Yeah, I mean, like that'd be, I mean, having a playoff game uh, at Ohio State, like at this time of year it'd be insane. Like it'd be so cool. So this is, so these would be the matchups just as in that format, it'd be Bama versus Oregon. So you have Bama versus Oregon's been like decently hot after a couple early season losses, Clemson versus Cincinnati, which would be really interesting. Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma traveling to Ohio state after playing a couple years ago. And then Notre Dame and AM. So, And then obviously you just keep going from there. But it makes for interesting matchups. And I think if those are the eight teams, you could maybe argue Florida or something like that. But Florida had their opportunity in the SEC championship. So I feel like you take away less. There's less places for people to be like, well, this should have been this team. I think at least you get to settle more things on the field. So I'm leaning towards an eight-team playoff after all this. But I think four is working okay, though, too so what y'all so do
1: y'all think you want to jump into the jump into the matchups there yeah let's jump into the matchups
0: um we can start with Ala- uh, alabama notre dame um so what are some what are some things that y'all are, are like what are you interested to, to watch in this game this kind of open open floor question what are you looking to watch what are you looking for like on alabama like what would be What do they need to do to execute the win? What does Notre Dame need to execute? I mean, Notre Dame is the the big underdog. I think they're like 15 points or maybe. Um, So what are like big things y'all are looking for?
1: I'll kick it off. Um, Alabama wins if they show up and play. I think that's what it comes down to. Notre Dame, I think when they beat Clemson early in the season, of course, Trevor didn't play, so that had a lot to do with it. Um, But they were playing at home. Um, they kind of had momentum build up and they just come off a crushing defeat to that same Clemson team with Trevor, that quarterback. I don't think they stand a chance. Um, If Notre Dame wins, they have to have a miracle. Um, Alabama's offense just would have to stop working, which I don't see happening. They have, I think, probably a top three quarterback, a top three receiver and a top three running back, at least in terms of this college football season. Um, had the helm on their offense, plus just speed everywhere. Um, So I don't, I don't see Notre Dame slowing them down one bit.
0: Yeah, that's very fair. Um, I think this one can, uh, yeah, Chad.
2: I was just going to jump in and and offer up. I agree with Will. I think Alabama just has to not get COVID and show up to play, put on the jerseys, put on the helmets, um, and, and I think, you know, it's a 17 and a half point spread, I think is what it is. And um, that doesn't feel uh, high enough for me. Um, I think the only chance um, that Notre Dame has aside from some crazy miracles and, and, uh, and an infection to break out in Tuscaloosa, um, I mean their lines have to be completely healthy which they were in the first matchup against Clemson and then they were banged up um, in the in the ACC championships. I, I do think that made a big difference. Uh, I mean, they have to not just win the trenches. They have to completely dominate the trenches in that game. Um, and then Ian Book has to play the absolute game of his life uh, to, to make any sort of dent in that. But um yeah, I think I think if Alabama should, shows up and does what they uh, know how to do, uh, then I, I think they're going to be totally fine in that game.
0: Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah, I, think. I,
2: I agree
3: that Notre Dame doesn't have a chance. The thing I would be most interested in seeing from this game, though, is I think the SEC has had an uncharacteristic lack of defense this season, and so. I mean, Alabama's offense has really looked spotless, um, to say the least. And so I think Notre Dame has a like, much higher-ranked defense um, statistically than any of the t- other teams in the SEC, maybe except for like Georgia. Um, and so I'm just curious if even though Notre Dame – won't win this game if they could maybe sh- slow down Bama at all um, and maybe show that Alabama's offense um, can be kind of maybe not stopped but slowed down a little bit um, because as it as it looks right now it almost looks like Alabama could run through even Clemson or Ohio State I think um, just with like you said well i think one of the top three quarterbacks top three running backs and top three receivers on their roster
1: yeah yeah Bama Bama this year has reminded me a lot of lsu last year and just kind of watching them that uh, everything they do works um if they want to run the ball works short pass game works deep pass game works um very much like joe burrow last year throw to jefferson and chase and Edwards O'Leary out of the backfield. It's kind of been the same thing this year with Mag Jones and Najee and Devontae and Waddle before he got injured. Um, So you have to – and like Hank was saying, if if they can slow them down, that gives Ohio State or Clemson hope that they can slow them down in the championship because you give either one of those defenses some time. Um, If they can see weaknesses, then they'll try to exploit them in the championship.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I think those are both great points. And I think that's the thing it'd be interesting to see is seeing a defense that has played decently well all year, except for probably in the AC's championship game um, this past year or past this past week or so. And that's the thing is interested is how much can Notre Dame slow down Alabama is Alabama playing against a weaker set of SEC defenses or is this another version of a very elite offense that is having a really hard time to be stopped or is it a mixture you know my question is like is is mac jones really this good or is alabama system becoming that good where they can get receivers and get them open you know so like can mac jones respond to being pressured and getting hit i think that's the thing that nardame has to create turnovers and capitalize on early and take momentum early because if they're trying to play catch up, their offense is just not built that way. Like they're very like ground and pound, use play action. So I feel like they would have to jump to an early lead, hold them off, and then make Alabama just basically beat them and, and choose one way to get to beat them, running or passing. But I don't, I don't think that that will happen. But I think that's what would have to happen. Does anyone, did any one of y'all, if the if the spread is seventeen and a half, do any one of y'all have? Notre Dame covering since we're all picking Alabama to win or do you think that okay I'm, I'm seeing a lot of sh- shaking heads no so I don't think so either I think it's a three touchdown game uh,
1: I was gonna say 21 to 28
0: somewhere in that range yeah yeah for sure yes Chad
2: I was just gonna say too I was just looking at some defensive statistics um, I was just real curious uh, to, to see that numbers-wise it's interesting the two best defenses that Alabama played um, were Georgia and A&M, both in kind of total yards per game allowed and points per game allowed. Mm-hmm. But both of those teams also only played nine games as opposed to most of the rest of, most of, the, rest of the SEC played 11. Uh, and so, you, you know, your statistics are a little bit skewed there. I think those two are probably two of the better defenses, but um, whereas Alabama had the best defense in the SEC on pretty much every metric. So it is. it will be really interesting to see um, – you know, Notre Dame was right there with those two teams. Uh, and yet Alabama, you know, took care of those two teams pretty well. So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think it'll be very interesting uh, to see in that. But we can move on if no one else has any other thoughts to probably the matchup that we're probably all the most interested in talking about um, for us since, since we have a lot of uh, fan skin in the game as well. It's number two Clemson playing – Number three, Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl, which I thought was that was an interesting point. As a slight note, is I, I would have thought it been in the reverse with us going this game being played in California, but because they can have more fans in Texas, they elected to have Alabama in there, and so we play in the Sugar Bowl. Um, what are y'all the most interested in seeing? This is a rematch from last year, obviously. But um, does anyone have anything off the top of their head? What are they most interested in seeing from this game, Hank?
3: Yeah, I think um the thing I uh, the thing that's been being talked about the most is Lawrence versus Fields. But honestly, the thing I'm most interested in seeing out of this game is to see Ohio State play with a chip on their shoulder. I feel like they are that's not something that they're used to. Um they're very much used to being the uh, the team that is heavily favored in games, you know, I mean, even last year when they played Clemson, it's like, all right, it's like neck, neck, like, um, and uh, like, no one could really say like, okay, one's better than the other. I think a lot of people are saying that Clemson's go win this game. I mean, they're favored by over a touchdown. I, uh, the last I saw, they were favored by seven and a half. And then Dabo obviously has them at 11th uh, Ohio State in his coach's rankings and is Mm -hmm. defending that adamantly. And so I think Ohio State's rolling in with facing a team that has beat them several times the past kind of five, six years or so. Um, they're gonna be angry they're gonna be upset like with Davo just with the position they're in, and so I'm excited to see how they respond um to that adversity that is normally something that they don't have to respond to
0: that's very that's very fair um I think yeah the coaches poll thing is very interesting and i to me sometimes i to me, obviously i'm I'm a big Dabo fan. so I love how outspoken he is. and like he's just he seems pretty upfront and um just kind of says what's on his mind. He's pretty opinionated. But sometimes you're like, maybe just stop talking about it. However, I do think that people ask him a lot of questions trying to to poke him to say some things. So, would I have wanted him to rank Ohio State Eleven because I know how people are looking for stuff? No. But do I get the logic of why he voted them out because I didn't played enough games? yes however i don't know it just was kind of like it's a bigger deal than i think it, it is but i don't want to give a house state more things to like put on the baltimore because i already have a few things chad
2: yeah i mean i think um look you know being the fan if, if you're a fan of, of clemson i totally get being like being behind your coach being brash and and saying things, it it obviously rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Whatever team I'd imagine you cheer for, unless it's Clemson. I think the tough thing with his statements, though, is, um, you know, being able to pull up very quickly what he said on September 16th, I think is what it was, where he said, no, there shouldn't be any requirements. Who knows what's going to happen? This is a crazy season, right? Like all of it is, it's just a PR laying down the tracks to to and, and greasing skids for whatever needs to happen for his team. So he was looking ahead at that point, obviously, and saying, hey, we don't know if we're going to get to play all the games that are on our schedule. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and, and make the case now before we play any games that we should be in no matter what. Uh, and then when it serves him the other way, he flip-flops and, and says the reverse. Um, I think that's where I, I have a little bit more exception to it. Um, I go, hey, man, like – if the situation was reversed, you you would be saying all the right things to try and get your team in at, at only six games played. So I, I get it, and he's he's defending his guys as he absolutely should. Um, I mean, honest, you know, like I think – honestly, I think it's a big disadvantage. I don't think it's the advantage that everyone is saying that, it you know, or at least that he and some of the other talking heads out there are saying it, it is. Um, you see a big difference in especially – Alabama and Clemson this year, um, somewhere in that you know four, five, six, seven game range played. Where the beginning of the season, none of us were looking at Alabama's defense and saying, "Oh, they're hands down going to be the number one team when it comes down to it." I don't mm-hmm. think anybody was saying that, um, right? But all of a sudden, they become the best defense in the SEC. They're shutting people out. They're keeping people under twenty points easy. Um, whereas the beginning of the season, they're allowing forty something right? And, you know, and just total shootout outscoring people. Uh, I think Ohio State, without being able to go live on live against guys that uh, are not on your team, that you don't see every day in practice, I think that's going to hurt them a little bit. And so I'll be interested to see how they come out and they respond uh, now playing guys that are the same talent level, the same size and speed and agility and and everything like that, you know, and really getting hit uh, as opposed to you know, yeah, Indiana is a good scrappy team, but they're just not as talented as Ohio State was. And so, no matter how how much of a puncher's chance they may have had, it's different when you're lining up across from an Alabama or Clemson. And so, it will be really, really interesting to see which Ohio State team comes out, um, especially after the first, you know, two series. Who are they going to be on January first? Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. That's the crazy thing about it, right?
0: Yeah. I think I think so for sure. I think for me, just as a fan, I think my bigger thing was, um, and just going off that, my bigger thing was with the Big Ten than with Ohio State. I feel like the Big Ten kind of flip-flopped a lot of what they were requiring. And as an outsider, it just kinda of seemed like they were changing their rules to, to get Ohio State in. But I know Ohio State was just trying to play what was in front of them. So it's just kind of, it's just a weird year. And so I'm glad we can play it. But I think that was the thing of just like the NCAA just didn't step in and say like, you need to play this many games. They left it open on purpose. And um, so it just kind of is what it is. But on, on, on the game, I think like Ohio State's one of the best four teams in the country. Like, I think like if they got an opportunity, they, they absolutely deserve to be there from a talent standpoint. It was just a matter of like how many games and, but I think the thing I'm most interested in is um, one, I want, I want to see if Olave can come, the wide receiver from Ohio State can come and play. And um, if he does, like how well he plays. And then how does like, the offensive line from Ohio State face up with a defensive line with Clemson? Like, can Ohio State get a running game, like with what Trey Sermon did and get them going? Because uh, Fields has been struggling the past few weeks in the most recent couple games. So can they get the running game going? Like how well can Ohio state establish themselves in the game on really on both lines of scrimmage? So what to any of y'all, like what, what does each team have to do really well? Do you think to win? Like what is like a key thing that you're looking for? Like if Ohio state does this well, they win and and vice versa. Oh, well you go first.
1: I'll go first as the unbiased third party in this. Um I think Ohio State's key is going to be the play of fields. I know it's kind of obvious and and I'm taking the short way out, but it's the right answer. Like how well does he play? Um the the game is going to be won and loss for Ohio State starting with the quarterback. I think for Clemson, it's actually going to be ETN. So ETN um I think he's actually had, not that saying he's had a down year by terms of like a normal human being, but for the um, expectations placed on him, he hasn't done as well as I think we all expect him to do. Um, So I think that getting him involved in the run game, you know Trevor is going to be good. Um, You know those receivers are going to be huge threats. I think it's going to be if they can get ETN, turn him loose, control, keep fields off the field, um, and control the clock that way,
2: I think is, is their, their biggest key.
0: Yeah. That's right hard. Chad.
2: Yeah. I, I think Fields is a pretty key player. Um, I would say, you know, uh, I, I do agree. I think ETN is your X factor, right? He's so good catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, and so you've got to have somebody that can account for that Ohio State's safety play has been, uh, underwhelming at best, we will uh, say this season. And so uh, someone that can cover ETN out of the field, uh, but also make a tackle when they need to and space on him uh, is a big deal. Um, On the flip side, I think, yeah, absolutely. Justin Fields is the key player uh, for Ohio State. If you had to pick one guy um, defensively, I'd I'd say it would be Sean Wade. Um, He hasn't necessarily shined out on the outside as the way he did in the slot last year. And I think that's been a big disappointment to the Buckeyes as well. So I think, you know, key for the Buckeyes is going to be uh, win the line play um, that comes to the defensive line is good, but they're very young. And they're going up against a, a, a veteran offensive line that will be the biggest one that they've seen uh, all season. Uh, and so I think if OSU can get the, the run game going and limit big plays uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I think they have a real good shot at winning. On the flip side, though, I think, if Clemson can hit the big plays that Ohio State has allowed all season long to every team, including Rutgers, uh, then it, it, they could walk away with this. Um, there's a, there's I really, I think that, that six and a half to seven and a half point, uh, spread is super accurate. Uh, I have a, I have a tough time. Sometimes I think about it and I go, that's, that's, that feels high. And then sometimes I think about it and I go, that is not high enough. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, I want the Buckeyes to win. I'll be honest; I'm not feeling a whole lot of confidence in that. I would I would pick I would pick Clemson to win by seven, uh, and I think that line is pretty spot on. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's very fair, Hank. What do you think?
2: Yeah, um, a lot of
3: this is just kind of echoing uh, Will and Chad. I think I, I do have kind of more confidence that Clemson would win even as a Buckeye fan. Um, But I I don't think that ETN um, worries me as much as like the deep balls do. Uh, If you look at kind of some of the like big games, Ohio state's played in um, you look at like Penn state, which obviously now doesn't seem as big, but like Indiana, Northwestern, a lot of these teams, um, especially looking at like Indiana, uh, Michael Penix Jr. Was able to throw for close to 500 yards against this defense and their leading rusher in that game had 10 yards for Indiana. And that's the case with a lot of these teams they are passing for several hundred yards and the leading rusher will have close to like 30 or 40 yards against them. Um, and so the run game from Clemson, I don't think bothers me as much. Um, the one thing in that I will say is Lawrence is a very underrated runner. Um, and he, and his legs were a lot of what burned Ohio state in their, um, bowl game last year. And so I think containing Lawrence, um, keeping him in the pocket. And then I think, the corners can do a good enough job, but like you said, Chad, I think it's up to the safeties to contain that deep ball, not allow anything um, over the top. And I think Ohio state's defense needs to, I I don't think they're going to contain Lawrence, but I think it's bending and not breaking um, that'll win them this game. I think if they can hold Clemson to field goals and not touchdowns, I think their offense has enough firepower um, to be able to keep up with Clemson's offense. And so I think it'll be just a matter of um, not just preventing touchdowns, which is obviously a lot easier said than done, but um, I think it, it lies on the defensive side for Ohio State. And then on the flip side it's just if if Clemson can get get the deep ball going or um, kind of break off big plays, I think if ETN does happen to break off some big runs and open up the play action for them, um, they can put up a lot of points pretty quickly. And so I think they definitely have the advantage over Ohio State in this one, but um, I'm curious to see how Ohio State's secondary in particular plays.
0: Yeah, I think those are all very fair, point, very fair points. And I think it also really helps for it's interesting because they just played each other last year. So they are different teams, but they both know what each other wants to do, which I think is very interesting point of this. Um,
3: And even even though they are different teams, like you said, Nick, they they both play in a very similar way. The offense in particular, since like uh, Ohio State, maybe not as reliant on the rush without JK Dobbins, but it's still the fields versus Lawrence show. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two players have not p- changed their style of play um, over the course of a year, and so um, I really think it's going to come down to those two again.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the thing. I mean, obviously Fields is, is a big player. I think, I think honestly, we as a Clemson fan. Our offensive line is not as strong as it was last year. I think that they've implement, implemented on new players and it took and it but we're not getting as much of a push we have in years past when it comes to the run game. Um and also I know for a huge factor they've been trying to, to get ETN out of the backfield in the passing game. And so that's really helped his draft stock, but it, they use that kind of as a run as well. I'm most interested in like for Clemson's side, can we protect Lawrence well enough to give him time and give people's space on the outside and on defense, like Ken Clemson get pressure on fields and kind of bottle up the run game and make them a little more predictable. Um, That's what I'm kind of looking for because if you give fields a chance to use his legs and get like, you know, you have these running backs, get to the outside. I think it can make it really interesting because I think the strength of the team is you have the couple corners on the outside and you know, Skalski in the middle with the linebackers, but we haven't been as strong. And that's what Notre Dame did really well is they ran off tackle and got passed into the second level. And if they can get the outside, then I think like someone like Sermon can be dangerous. And um, another factor too is Nolan Turner is out for targeting our, our starting safety for the first half. And so we'll have a younger guy in the backfield. So can Ohio State take advantage of Trying to get some big plays early and try to make Clemson play catch up. Um, I, I can. Um, that's pretty much y'all have already said most of what I was kind of thinking of. But that's the, those are the kind of things I'm looking for. Is can would can Ohio State get ahead, or are they trying to play catch up the whole time? I think they're if they're trying to play catch up, then I think the offenses can just trade punches. You know. Um, so who do y'all have officially as winning? This one's a little bit more straightforward than Alabama Notre Dame Clemson Clemson Will who do you have
1: I have Clemson
0: winning I that's Clemson um that's fair I think this uh, seven feels right though I think if a couple of things go Ohio State's way they can definitely make it make it a game so we're all saying Alabama Clemson for a national championship um, no, no saucy picks here today no saucy picks here but you never know. It's been a weird year. So a lot can happen. Um, so I, do
1: have, I do have one thing. Um, yeah. All-time Ohio State is 0-6 against the state of South Carolina Power 5 teams. Did you know that? Yes. They are 0-4 against Clemson and 0-2 against the
2: Gamecocks. Two thousand, two thousand one 2000-2001 Outback Bowl, baby. I was in sixth grade. It was awesome. Hey, that got John Cooper fired, which I was totally fine with, and got wrestle, which then brought us the national championship. So, I'll take those two. Win win.
0: Win win win.
1: But yeah, go, but going to uh, Fields and Trevor, uh, that makes me look forward to the Jets and Jags matchups in the next few years. That's be really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, assuming it's going that way. As a, as a fan, I'm. I would be. I would much rather Trevor go to. To Jacksonville. I don't trust the Jets. They, I just don't. And I don't I'd rather him not be in New York as, as a, a fantasy
3: football player with the potential first overall pick. I also like uh Trevor going to the Jags versus the Jets.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hank, we might have to do some some talking off air if if you're interested in trading some stuff.
3: Yeah, we'll see how it goes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hank is the number one pick, so or more than likely has a good shot at it. Um all right, guys. Well, let's see who do, who who do y'all have though. Um, we can we can do this too. If it's Alabama, Clemson, we can go quickly. Who would you have winning in that in that championship game? Bama, Bama, Chad too. Bama. Definitely Bama. Oh, definitely Bama. Will.
2: Oh I mean, I mean, definitely, definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's one
1: definitely. Uh pains to say, but I think Clemson beats him.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Clemson. I mean, I'm, I'm the homer, but I think we've got a really good shot. But Alabama is a very strong team. So it'd be very interesting to watch. But from an outside perspective, I know that's not as exciting if you're tired of watching that matchup, but I'll be very glued to that game. So. Well, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. This has been really fun. I'm glad we all got to do this um, during a busy holiday season. Um, so, y'all, what I'm also going to do is I'm also going to put on the Backyard Catch Twitter page, we're going to have fan votes for these games. So be sure to follow Backyard Catch, just spells like as you think. And we'll put polls out there for this week, and we can vote who we think is going to win, who you have winning the game. So make sure to follow us there we're on Instagram and um facebook as well so remember to like and subscribe uh to the podcast and give us a review if you like and stay tuned we have some fun stuff coming in 2021 so gentlemen thank you so much for joining me i really enjoyed it
2: thanks we enjoyed it too yeah looking forward to the games yeah Here we go. Thanks,
0: Nate. yeah thanks guys all right y'all thanks for listening and for now we are signing off